Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today I have a really interesting topic here. I love looking at science fiction and talking to fans and hearing them say things like, I look at Star Trek and I see something that really makes me want to change how I live my life. Or, I see Star Wars and I think, man, that speaks to me and speaks to my sense of adventure and purpose. And that is great, but I think the conversation is incomplete unless we look at the fact that some of the the actual belief systems that we have in this world sometimes intersect with fiction and fantasy and science fiction in very creative ways. There are two gentlemen coming on today from a company called Terminus Media who are taking a really great approach to these stories, and their names are Mark Stansel and Daniel Hancock. And I'd like to get started right now. On tap today, we have Mark Stansel and Dan Hancock. How are you gentlemen doing today? Hey, doing great. Glad to be on the show. I am glad, glad to, be to have you here. Thanks, I, Aaron. We've got, you two are talents with a company called Terminus Media, a comic book publisher. And Mark, let me get this straight, you are the editor-in-chief. And Daniel, you are a writer? That's right. Awesome, awesome. That's right. Uh, I've looked over some of your work and I am extremely impressed and extremely digging this whole concept. And so much is coming to mind right away with where you guys are coming from. But um, I see it as a way of retelling certain uh, certain books uh, from the Bible in a very, very sci-fi centric theme. And I don't think I'm doing your work justice by saying that, but it's where mm. my head goes as a sci-fi fan. Yeah, you know, the, the Bible is, uh, I guess, the best-selling book of all time. And um, there's, but it's, it's kind of funny. It's one of those things where everybody is aware of it. Everybody knows about it. But I, I would say, I would say even people who have like gone through religious study or synagogue, you know, synagogue or who have gone through, you know, learning their catechisms or, or whatever, I would say 99% of those people have never read the Bible all the way through. I would say most people who go through seminary have never read the Bible all the way through. Um, so, you know, but, but one part of that is there's these great stories in the Bible that uh, most people have never read. They don't know about. Um, <laughs> there's, there's uh, some folks, I guess, the, the only time they ever go read a Bible is when they want to win a debate on social media or something. Yeah, let me go. Let me go find that verse that supports what I think here. Um, and, uh, you know, it's sad if that's the case because they're, they're missing out on, uh, on some epic uh, history and epic stories of, of people who had just the same kind of problems that we have. And, uh, you know, it's a story of, of redemption and it's a story of uh, lots and lots of war. And what do you do when you're at war constantly? Uh, what do you do with, with sickness and pestilence? And how do you survive 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians and come out of it on the other side, uh, a cohesive family of, of people? Uh, so it's, there, <laughs> there's a whole lot there uh, in the Bible. A lot of stories that need to be told. 
Yeah. And you're touching on a lot of the things that I was thinking of when I was flipping through this. And I was asking myself, why do I like this? And why is this important? <laughs> and I realized the reason I like it is that you're grabbing a hold of something that a lot of people are going to miss. And that's the mm -hmm. sense of drama, the sense that this is actually a story worth telling just because it's worth telling. And, and I'm sure some people would read in a spirit. I, I would read in a spiritual uh meaning as well but if that's not why you're doing it that's it's still a story that somebody should pick up because human stories just tell things that we need to tell each other it's true and um you know daniel hancock on the on who's who's with us on the meeting uh really brought a lot of that that drama to the story uh you know dominion fall of the house of saul you know is based on the stories in first samuel in the bible um and it's really a Shakespearean drama. It's there's 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 everything from a, a father who has you know, doesn't want to become king, but then he become kings, but then he's power hungry, and you know he is an angry father and an abusive father, and how does the son survive that, and how does he make it through that uh, in one piece and and still be a decent human being? <laughs> right. Um, so. Yeah, and that's the cool thing, too, that we're doing, uh, working with uh, Dr. Baron Bell, who's the creator of Dominion. I'm his uh, co-writer. And so two of the things that we're trying to do with that with that story is, you know, first of all, the fantastic world that he's created with the art and the just the sci-fi elements, the spaceships and the incredible characters and design that he's done. Uh, so just kind of doing something that's unique and new and fresh and alive. And then also at the same time, though, we're trying to dive deep into those biblical stories uh, and mine them for gold, you know, to pull out uh, the truth and the drama and the action and the stories and the stuff that really does, like you say, you know, uh, the human story that speaks to us, that resonates with, with the reader. Um, and so that's, that's our, our main hope you know is that we can pull out those truths we can pull out that story and just bring it to life in a new way and this is something that you're doing and i take picking great source material i mean the, the story like you said it's it's something that a lot of people today are going to reach for and see themselves in there whether it's because they're coming from an abusive family or whether they got ptsd from something they've gone through elsewhere i mean th these are things that anybody should be able to relate to Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a funny thing about it. I think for a lot of folks, me included, and you know, I'm a kid who I grew up in the South. I grew up kind of being drugged to church when I was a kid. And so if you say to me, oh, it's religious or it's based on the Bible or it's Christian or it's whatever, I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. I'm not interested. Uh, no, thanks. I don't, you know, I don't, I only like American cheese, not this, this cheese that I get from these folks. Um, so some, sometimes there's there's that perception that anything that's faith based is going to be like lame and 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 cheesy and and not interesting, but with Dominion follow the house of Saul, you know, like Saul is a huge anthropomorphic lion character. Uh, it's set in a in an intergalactic uh, world called the Dominion, which is a lot of planets who are under King Saul's. Uh, uh, kingship and you know it's inspired by those stories that that are there in first samuel uh but you know for me a kid who grew up in the 80s 
you know, it's like Lions in Space, nobody would be interested in that. But like I grew up watching Voltron and Thundercats and and all these things. So uh <laughs> you know, for a kid like me from 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 the 80s, it's it's something that that once once you see the art, once you see the the creative way that the story is being told where the you know the prophet Samuel is a is a crow and King Saul is is guarded by these these rhinoceros you know characters with armor and stuff and they fly intergalactic ships and they have you know laser guns and lightning staffs and, and all this stuff it's like huh it's, it's telling a story that's somewhat familiar to me but it's telling it in a compelling way. Uh, so one of the things that I think uh, we're doing there too, one of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis is actually his review uh, of the Lord of the Rings, his friend Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. And he talks about how Tolkien takes the characters insides and puts them on the outside, you know, that you can see the, the personalities and the, and the strengths and weaknesses of the characters right on the external character design itself. And I think that's what something that Baron has done in an incredible way with this is to basically depict these characters, their souls are on the outside, you know, the kings are the lions, you know, and the prophets are the crows and so on. And so you can kind of get, you can get a feel for who they are in the story just based on, you know, how they've been designed in the creation there. And that's another thing that occurred to me, you know, sitting there thinking, why why is this compelling? Why do I want to keep reading this when I know that it, I'm not going to get the same experience actually picking up my Bible and reading it? And I, I realized that for some people, there's a barrier in the language between the fact that it's not written the way modern text is written. It's been translated 17 times over. It, there's historical context that is just missing. This puts that back in there, maybe in an artistic flavor, but it gives somebody the structure that they might be missing otherwise. Definitely. One of the things that we want to think about too is, you know, any kind of storytelling, whether it be in a comic book or a movie or anything like this, you, you've got to decide what you're going to keep in and what you're going to leave out. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of it comes down to is what parts of the story are we going to feature and highlight and, uh, and dramatize inside of this inside of this narration. And so uh, some of that too, some of the Bible, if you go back to the, you know, first Samuel and start reading, some of it isn't as exciting or doesn't feel like it connects necessarily in the dramatic way that you're, you, you're used to seeing things unfold. Um, and so we're being uh, intentional about what parts do we want to feature uh, to keep the, the adventure high, you know, and to really uh, drive home the main points of the story. I'm going to say something to you guys that is obvious to the three of us. So I'm, pardon me if I'm just, you know, regurgitating this, but people reading may not know this. People listening may not know this. The Bible, when it was first told in its heyday, was not a text at all. It was oral tradition. It was spoken aloud. That was how people got their stories. That's how they experienced the drama. We don't do that very much these days, but we do mm -hmm. read comic books. So in a lot of ways, you're simply giving this story the strength that it might need in this day and age. Again, giving an artistic spin, we accept that, but that's, I'm trying to get away from people saying that it's disrespectful to the text to make the characters lions and crows, because I just think that's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and I think the key word is it's inspired by the biblical text. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we have great respect and great honor for the, for the biblical text. But, but like you said, from, from, from the time that human beings could talk to one another, we sat around the fire and we told one another stories. Why were we telling these stories? It's because we communicate all the things that we need to know through stories. We pass down our, our experience and our knowledge. Um, I remember, you know, the first time I read Dominion chapter one, I was struck because, um, you know, in Sunday school, I learned Saul's a bad king. He's a lousy king. You know, he, he wouldn't go out and fight Goliath, but David did. But when I read that first chapter of, of Dominion, I looked at this, this, this King Saul who wakes up, you know, in the first panels, he wakes up from a nightmare because the Almighty has sent a tormenting spirit. And he wakes up tormented and with deep regret because he made a choice, he made a decision that, that really messed up his life and his king and his time as king. And it's too late. It's too late for him to, to go back and do it the right way. So you know, he, he has this deep sense of regret and, and that regret turns into anger and aggression and fury. And if you're, you know, if you're a man, you can relate to those feelings, you know, uh, life is frustrating and dealing with, with failure and success and failure <laughs> is, is part of what, you know, we as men have to deal with. So you look at, at Saul's situation and his story you know, pleading with the prophet, hey, you know, don't don't leave like this, because the prophet had just told him, you're done, right? Because of this choice that you've made, it's over. Uh, you and your whole line are done. And he's just stunned. And, you know, I think that, that you know, how we deal with failure and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely a theme of Saul's life. And, um <laughs> It's interesting when that story is told in such a way that you have empathy for characters or for, you know, historical people that, you know, previous, I had zero empathy for Saul. I didn't feel sorry for him. I was like, hey, he's a bad king. Think about him being, you know, he's been picked by the almighty. He's been picked by God, specifically chosen and then appointed. And then to have that responsibility and to do it relatively successfully for a long while. Mm-hmm. And then because of his failures, have it ripped away in a moment, you know, yeah. uh, you do, you do end up with a little bit of sympathy for the guy, right? Just a little yeah. bit. We're going to, we're yeah. going to make sure, we're going to make sure to take you on the ride though, because he, he deserves it for a minute and then he doesn't. And then he'll, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, we'll have him earn it back again. <laughs> the guy, he was a complex character though. He's a complex person in real life, you know? And so we're trying to, to, you know, inject some of that real life, back into the story that like, like as you put it Aaron, you know sometimes people go to it they don't feel that they don't see that they don't see those real people they don't see those those real dramatic moments actually happening you know on those pages so that's our goal bring it back to the surface you know and let people experience it uh-huh. and they they may have felt that if they were hearing it you know the way it was originally written with somebody telling it to them over a campfire in hushed tones adding in their own dramatic effect but that's that's just been lost to the ages another thing too is like one of the things that makes us interested in stories and interested in characters is 
being invested in that character, knowing who they are to us. So one of the jobs of a writer is to help uh, a reader, you know, to come to that place of investing in that character relatively quickly, you know, so that you can enjoy the story and you have basically you care about what happens to them. Uh, for the ancient Israelites, for instance, hearing the story of Saul, that story mattered to them because Saul was somebody important to them. You know, their kings were important to them. You know, their, their, their nation, what was at stake, that's what was going on. So it automatically had more weight to the original audience than it does to us who are so far removed from the story. We go, who, are, who is this guy? You know, who is this king? Who's, what is this nation? You know, who, you know how do we connect to this? Um, so basically what we're doing is in our very, you know, elaborate, fantastical universe and of mechs and spaceships and battles and, you know, all kinds of sci-fi elements, we're, we're bringing uh, the reader to a place of, of empathy with those characters so that they can, so that they can resonate with them, so that they can uh, invest in what happens to them. Um, and I think, like you were saying, Mark, hopefully that's what happens. Like what happened with you, you read it, you go, wait a minute, I care about what happens to Saul, <laughs> you know, in the first few minutes of reading a few, few pages, you know, and you're already gonna, you know, you got an idea of, I want to know what's going to happen to this guy and if it's going to work out. Sorry. Yeah. And, okay. you know, you think about things like Star Wars, um, where you have all the, all the ships and all the, 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 the weapons and everything. And you know that it happened in a galaxy long ago, you know, far, far away. And, you know, but even in, in, in Star Wars and in, in some science fiction, you have that sort of, uh, it's like a supernatural element that can't be quantified by technology. Um, so, you know, but, but that's an interesting, that's an interesting part of, of, of biblically based stories is that whole supernatural element and, you know, in our stories, we call God, uh, the, the, the people of dominion call God the almighty. That's, that's the name that they give him in, in the stories. So um, <laughs> it, it's interesting how the, the almighty is, is always sort of uh, there un, under the surface and is, is, is working and doing things. Uh, and at the same time, you have characters uh, like Princess Michael, who in the biblical story is like, and there was a princess named Michael, uh, but because our story is inspired by the biblical text, um, you know, we, we do take some license with that character and she's out there defending the citizens of dominion and piloting a mech. And so, you know, that's, that's something that that's kind of fun. And, you know, we don't pretend to say, you know, this is exactly what happened in the Bible because they didn't have mechs in the Bible. Um, so <laughs> <Right>. you did it. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, no. So that that's a cool thing too. Is that uh, if I can plug our other comic that's coming out here this month is Samson Rise is coming too. You can see that on the website as well. You know, Dominion uh, is there, but Samson Rise is another comic that we've done, and that one actually is based more directly on the, the biblical text. It's not done in a fantastic world. It's not done in a sci-fi universe. And so with that with that said, we we take even more reverence to the text making sure that we're as faithful as possible to that you know if we're doing it in the real world we're going to make it as as accurate as we can while still you know uh, bringing all that drama and you know a little bit of hollywood to the uh, to the story uh, but with dominion we have that freedom to be able to just you know it's kind of a nice spot to be able to springboard off of the original story 
and be able to kind of create some new ideas, some new character arcs and things that are happening. So I'm having a great time with that part of it, like coming up with, you know, what's going to happen to Michael, what's going to happen to Jonathan. How, and then it's kind of nice because for anybody who does know the biblical story, they're going to see where the story intersects back to the, uh, back to the biblical text. They'll be, oh, I know that part of the Bible. Right. And, you know, but we do take, we do take bunny trails, you know, with the character we say, we're going to go over here and have them kind of have their own little subplot and then bring it back, you know, to the, uh, to the inspirational text that we're starting with. So it's been exciting to see that and just kind of, cause everything we're doing, this is another thing too, is like everything we're doing with those bunny trails, those side subplots and storylines, they're all, it's all still faithful to the heart of the story. It's still faithful to the, to the, uh, the heart of the character that we're basing it on. So it works nicely to be able to see, you know, to be able to, weave those stories in so that it's a plausible reaction, plausible storyline for those particular biblical characters. Yeah, and one, one good thing about all of these stories that we're, we're talking about is you can go on our website, um, terminusmedia.com, and we have little trailers for every comic book. We have trailers for Dominion, Fall of the House of Saul, so you can see the lions piloting the ships and fighting with one another and Get a, get a feel for what the script and the characters are like. Um, but also for our, our other book, Samson Rise, was a great trailer um, that Daniel and the team have produced for that as well. That gives you an idea of what that, what that character was going through. You know, that character that Samson Rise is based on, you know, Samson was about as tough a guy as you can get. He killed 600 soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. Uh, these are soldiers speaking, in speaking of complex weapons. biblical characters right <laughs> we bring up samson and he was one of them right <laughs> right but he, he was a guy who had issues he had problems he had he had weaknesses um and you know his weakness was a weakness that a lot of guys have his weakness was women you know how many men would be like my life is going great until i started dating that girl or until i married that girl um, and my mama didn't like her and <laughs> my brother, my brothers were like, Hey bro, problem, man, don't do it. But he just couldn't help himself. Right. Um, so you see all the aftermath that comes from, from that. So, you know, it's, um, it's a, it's a story where I, as a, as a guy, I can relate man, and it's visceral and it's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's real. It's one thing about the Bible is those stories are real. Those people really went through some, some heavy duty stuff. And um, in Samson's case, um, you know, we, one of the things we want to do with, with that book is to get it into the hands of guys, you know, uh, especially guys, you know, guys who are going through stuff, guys who are incarcerated, man, man, if, if every, if every guy, uh, who's you know sitting in jail could could read the book i think it would encourage them you know everybody who's know. lost their way in any way anybody who's lost their way anybody who feels like they they were doing the right things and have stepped away from that calling those those people you know that story of samson especially the way that uh daryl pennington and matt baker have created it the way that they've the, what they've chosen to include what they've chosen to keep into that story has definitely highlighted that redemption, um, that redemption and the hope that comes out of that story, as well as the the weaknesses and the failure and 
you know, and, and moments of victory as well, but definitely that, that redemption and that second chance is uh, featured. Right. And you know, the, and that book, Samson rise, it, it's sort of, you know, the, the creators are from Australia. So <laughs> they see, they think, see things from a, a little different perspective and, and that's a good thing. Uh, we at Terminus Media, we work with creative talent from all over the world, Brazil, Australia, uh, the Philippines, uh, United States. I was on the phone with the UK this morning, actually, Mark. <laughs> Were you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. But um, that's good because it, 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 gives, it gives these stories more, more perspective and uh, frankly makes them more interesting. So. If there's one thing anybody could take from it, I think that the fact that this is the story of human failure, it, that's definitely something I hope people can look at because I think people who don't read the Bible or don't aren't even that familiar with it are under the impression that it's a story of perfect people who do great things because they believe in God. And that is so far from the truth. It's not oh funny. My God. Oh my gosh, you're so right, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the Bible, when God goes to people, almost every human he comes to, with extremely few exceptions, they either don't want to do it, they try to weasel their way out of it, they screw mm -hmm. up after they agree to do it, and God still <laughs> says, yeah, but you got to the, we, you did what I need you to do. Nobody in the Bible is, well, okay, Jesus is, but, but, but really, <laughs> nobody else is perfect. Right. <laughs> To plug yeah. another one of our products on the website there, mm -hmm. our uh, audio drama, End of Darkness, is there. And we feature all of the, uh, the main disciples in that story and show all of what you're talking about. All of the, uh, hey, Jesus says, you're going to do this great thing. Come follow me. And then all the failures and mistakes. And basically, uh, one, of, one of the young kids that listened to the audio drama recently came back to their parent and goes, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I always thought that all the disciples were really great guys. Basically, were following Jesus, you know. And uh, and and she was like, uh, the mom says, no, not not at first. They weren't. You know, this is not how it happened. You know, they they came out of a lot of unique backgrounds, a lot of mistakes, a lot of failure. Um, some of them had attitude problems, you know. And uh, and eventually, you know, we know that the end of the story where they begin to follow him and, and they make some changes. But uh, but to see them as real people was one of our goals with that project as well. So definitely check that out. It's worth, it's worth it to help you think through your own, your own path, you know, cause you see all the, the humanity inside those characters. Guys, yeah. anything, uh, before you start, Mark, anything you guys mentioned, I'm going to put in the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. So if somebody needs a shorthand way to get to any of this, I'll try to make that easy. Sweet. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I think, I think if you actually read about, whether it's disciples, whether it's, you know, uh, when Moses, you know, sees the burning bush and, and, you know, God says, Hey dude, I want you to go free the, the Israelites from the Egyptians. And he goes, Oh yeah. You know, just paraphrasing. You mean the Egyptians where I killed somebody and I had to run away. You want me to go back there? Yeah. I want you to go back there. And he's like, bah, 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 bah. I, I, I can't, I can't talk. You know, like he literally said to God, I can't talk. I'm not qualified. Um, and, and the great thing about, you know, these, these people that uh, are talked about in the Bible is they're, they're people just like us with weaknesses and problems. And they're people that everybody told them the right thing to do. And they, they struggled anyway. You know, it's like you read the story of Noah and the, uh, no, 
Jonah and the whale, right? Hey, Jonah, I want you to go tell the people in Nineveh about me. And he's like, what? You mean Nineveh, those people that go into cities and just kill everybody? And the, you know, the Ninevites, they were Assyrians, right? So you know, one of their war tactics was they would take a captive and they would put him in a rolling cage that was on a train of rolling cages. They'd whack off an arm or mutilate them in some way. And they'd pull that train around the city that they were gonna conquer next. And they would say, if you don't lay down your weapons and give in to us, we're gonna do this to you. See all these main people? That's what we're gonna do to you. So these are the people that God is saying, hey, Jonah, I want you to go tell them about me so they'll repent and get right with me. Jonah's like, no, I'm not doing that. No, uh-uh, no, no, not gonna do it. <laughs> and we focus on, oh, he got swallowed by a whale, but he got swallowed by a whale running the opposite <laughs> direction that, you know, uh, that God had told him to, to go. And isn't that like so much, so many of us, it's like, um, we, we, you know, everybody's got problems. Everybody's got issues. And, you know, it's like, oh man, I need to lose, I need to lose some weight. Uh, I wonder if there's any donuts left. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what we struggle with or, oh man, I need to, I need to, I need to lay off the alcohol, but you know, man, oh, this, this, this is, this is good. You know, it's like, we all struggle with different things, and and so did these 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 people in the Bible. And so when we read about them, if anything, uh, you know, we feel a kinship and a brotherhood with them. We're imperfect, just like they are. But you know, there's that supernatural element in the Bible that that X factor, that thing that's unpredictable, uh, that makes all the difference a lot of the time. So. And that's something we're trying to, to come back to dominion again is, you know, that's something that we're definitely weaving into that story is the difference in the, the relationships of each of the, the characters with God, with the almighty in that story as uh, you know, Saul and, and the almighty do not interact the same way that his son, Jonathan does, you know, that does not work the same. The, the princess is different. You know, they have different, uh, they have different perspectives. They have different relationships. And now as we, uh, spoiler alert, uh, introduce David in chapter three as he's coming in here. Um, yeah, he's going to have even even another, you know, uh, much different perspective, much different relationship with the Almighty than the other characters in the story have up to this point. Uh, and that's, isn't that the truth? You know, that we all do, you know, have different uh, experiences, different relationships with God and our understanding of that and, and callings, you know, to what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so it's kind of uh, cool to see how that's working its way through the story. Uh, each, each new chapter as we're, as we're developing them, we see the, the characters become more and more, um, real, <laughs> more and more unique, more and more self-existent over there. You know what I mean? They, they have their own life. They have their own reality of, of character that they've, uh, that this developing. So it's great to see that. And the best thing about it is it's it's entertaining. It's you know if we if we fail to entertain, you know if if you get this book and you don't like it, hey, let us know. We'll give you your money back because our goal our goal is is number one excellence. You know we don't want to put out a bunch of uh, you know mamby pamby you know garbage garbage stuff. That's a waste of our life and talent. So the fact that the art is so great in Dominion, the art is so great in Samson. You know, the production, you know, values the voice acting and 
end of darkness is top notch. It's, it's the best out there. Um, yeah, that's really important to us uh, that uh, we're not <laughs> sort of, uh, not, that we're not putting out stuff that is substandard or, or, or not entertaining. Uh, if it's if it's not entertaining, then uh, we've not accomplished our mission. So you'll be thrilled is our guarantee. That's it. You'll be absolutely thrilled. <laughs> you know, and uh, and by the time you get through our, our chapters for Dominion that we're working on here, you're not going to be able to not get the next one. You're not going to be able to put it down. You know, uh, I just talked to a guy the other day who said he was reading through it. He got the collector's edition of chapter one and he got to about the center of the book and was flipping the page to get to the next bit. And then he goes, oh, no, this is all the extra material in the back. This is the making of stuff. Oh, I thought I had 10 more pages of book, you know, but it's over. So mm. he's got chapter two now. Hopefully he's enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I and can't it, see why it wouldn't be. Right. Yeah. And eventually we'll have a graphic novel worth of material. Like I'm the guy, you know, when, when I was a kid, like every month, I guess an issue of the book would come out and it's basically about 15 pages of content. Then you got to wait another month for the rest of it. So, you know, eventually we'll have a graphic novel worth of material for, for um, Dominion. But Samson is a one shot. You know, that story has a beginning and a middle and an end. It all happens in one book. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. It's, it's great stuff. Again, everything there is going to be in the show notes. Um, I'm, I'm definitely just... I, I, I want to back up what you're saying there about everything being top-notch because another reason I, I i i want to tell people that these books are based on the bible but i know that they're going to think the same thing i might have thought and that is that they picked up stuff like this in the past and you have the feeling that the people that made it were willing to take shortcuts because it's like yeah the art isn't going to be that great but you're going to buy this for your kids to read in bible stories so i don't <laughs> I, I can take that shortcut and or you know this is going to be a gift for my grandkids i don't really care if the, the dialogue is that you guys care you guys mm. want to deliver a solid product that stands out of stone, just being a good comic book. And I completely respect that. That is that that's what makes this project not just good, but great. Wow. Well, Thanks for that, Aaron. Yeah. Sure. And that's true. It's absolutely true. Um, you know, and the other thing too, you know, we want it, we want kids to read these books. Um, Samson's really set more for mature teens and up. You know, but uh, but for Dominion, we want kids to read the book. But again, a, another quote from C.S. Lewis, he says, uh, you know, a book, a book that's only worth reading when you're a child isn't worth reading even then, he says, you know, and uh, <laughs> and so that's how these Dominion books are. I mean, these are not specifically for kids. These books uh, are we have adults of all ages, you know, people who are enjoying these stories because we're, we're writing them in such a way that they do, they, they connect with anyone. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are. So my kids love them, but my peers love them, you know? Uh, and so I'm sure that uh, you are going to enjoy um, Dominion when you get a chance to read it, which will happen very soon. I'm sure after <laughs> this interview, because it's exciting stuff. <laughs> Go to the website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was, I was, uh, talking to um, a gentleman earlier, we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, Brian Head, who's the guitar player for the band Korn. Um, you know, he he had a kind of a coming to faith experience and he was he was stunned by it because he was like, I thought all these I thought all these were people were like Ned Flanders on The Simpsons. You know, they were like that guy. Oh, Oakley Doakley, Homer. They're all kind of nerds. And, 
and, and that sort of thing. So I want to say I really appreciate your feedback um, in, a, you know, in a positive way because, uh, you know, for us, you know, what we're doing here is, is it's almost, you know, in the Bible, it says all thing, everything that you do, do it like you're doing it for God, right? And that's really what we're doing here. We're doing our absolute best to do something that is going to entertain and enlighten and, and just be like, like after you eat a good meal, you know, have you ever had like really good barbecue or a really good like fried chicken? I'm from the South. So, and you said, man, oh man, that was good. That's, that's what, that's the reaction we want people to have. We want to have that wow factor because uh, we care. We care about the people that read our book. And so we're going to put our best foot forward and, and do something that's excellent and something that's compelling and, that's some, and something that's great. So entertaining, something that's entertaining. You know, um, I think what you're getting at too, Aaron, is that a lot of times Christian, Christian stuff, you know, faith-based materials, they tend to, uh, you know, like you said, take shortcuts, but maybe it's that, that a lot of times they put this, uh, there's a pressure to put a message out to say your, your sermon, you know, inside of what you're doing. Um, uh, we are not, we're not that, you know, that's not what we're doing here. And this is, this isn't that we put the story first. We're telling it as honestly and as accurately as we can as, uh, you know, and, and whatever, whatever else you take from it, you take from it, but anyone, anyone faith based or not will enjoy the story. You know, they'll be able to appreciate what's happening um, in this book. Yeah. I mean, the story has already been written. It's, it's well known. So you don't have to inject a sermon into it when that sermon is, it's baked into the pie already. There you you just have to put your spin on it. Yeah. And, you know, none of us likes to be preached to, right? It's like when our, when our two antenna of pompous hypocrite, right? Pompous hypocrite, when that antenna goes up, it's like shut down <laughs> immediately. And, you know, in communication, no, thank you, not interested. You know, and that goes anybody who's trying to preach. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody of every, you know, whether they're on the far right or the far left, if they're preaching, I don't really want to hear what you have to say. Um, if you're, you know, super uber religious or you're totally, you know, uh, anti-religion, you know, but you're preaching, not real interested in what you have to say. So I think the thing that we can do is, you know, write stories about real life, real talk, real human beings with real problems and, and timeless principles that are there, that are there in the text. We don't need to make them up. You know, things like um, you reap what you sow. Pretty much anybody that you talk to would agree that that, that principle is true. You know, if you sow anger and strife and violence, into the world, you get anger and strife and violence back. So, uh, you know, those are, those are timeless principles. So just letting those principles be out there and, 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 and putting it into faith and fa family friendly content means that we, we widen our audience. Cause you know, there's, there's some stuff out there. It's like, Hey, my six-year-old, <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think we can enjoy play game of thrones together you know and it's not judging game of thrones it's not saying oh george R. R. martin what an evil person no it's it's there's you know he, those are great books I've, I've read every single one of them uh but you know the reason we wanted to to keep it you know faith and family friendly is because we want all families to be able to enjoy it if you're if you're not a christian hey you can enjoy this 
Um, if you are a Christian, hey, you can enjoy this. You can get something out of it. You can share it. You can read it together with with your kid and not go, whoa, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you walk into, into comic shops and you start doing the flip test. Hey, let me pick up these comics and make sure they're appropriate. You know, parents are very familiar with that word, right? Is this appropriate for my kid? Um, you're, you're not going to find anything that's inappropriate uh, in our stuff. And so that's the way we, that's way we want to do it because we, we want to, you know, we want to reach as, as wide an audience as possible. And I'm going to we say hope, this. Oh, great, guys. No, I was going to say, I just, I really hope that, uh, that when you do take a look at this story, that you come with an open mind. And one of the things that we strive for is instead of writing a story or making a, a book that tells you what to think, you know, which is what I think some of those pitfalls that Christian media, faith-based stuff falls into, tells you what to think about something. Instead, we're trying to ask a question, ask a question. And usually the question that you already are asking yourself, you know, and so that's, uh, that's one of our hopes is that you, that you come to this and you can, you can examine the characters' lives and see how does this relate to me? You know, how is this applicable to, to my life? What does this, what does this say about the world and reality? You know, and is this, is this true? You know, but we want those questions to be asked rather than we're not here to preach, preach you the message or instead just ask the question, you know. I did a study on uh, several scriptural passages from a purely literary standpoint, which I think is a very underrated way of going about the study. Um, they, they picked the, the parable of the prodigal son, um, which we're all familiar with. I won't rehash it. But um, at the end, the instructor asked us to pick which character from the story we related to most. And without the, the implication that this was a, a, a religious text that we should feel a certain way, there was a huge diverse reaction as to, well, some people thought the older son was more relatable. Some people thought the younger son was more relatable. Some people related to the father. Some people related to the co-workers. I mean, they realized, and, and that's the neat thing about these stories, that when you don't insist they be seen a certain way, they, there's a, a wisdom in them that's universal. Right. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's really true. And you know, there, are, there are things there that like you mentioned the prodigal son, uh, there are things there that, that where, where you're going to relate more to one character than the other. Like my favorite part of that story is when his father saw him returning home after going off and blowing all of his, his father's money basically, which was his money. Um, it's all gone, he's feeding the pigs you know, living a life of dishonor and he decides, well, I'll go home and maybe my dad will let me be one of his servants because at least they can eat every day. And when his father sees him, he runs to meet him, right? His father is, is, is overjoyed to see his son returning home. And I love that story because, you know, I grew up in a, you know, I grew up in a faith tradition where it's like, turn or burn, God's always mad at you. And, you know, you're such a bad person. And if you could just get your life straight, you could just listen, you know, better sometimes. If you could follow the rules better, then God would, you you would be okay with God. But, you know, what we learned from that story is that um, God is that father looking for us to, to come home. And he, uh, you know, whether, whether you're a person of faith or not, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful story of, of a father who loves, uh, loves his son, even though his son screws up, 
right? So <laughs> it makes me feel better because, you know, I'm one of those guys. It's like, man, you know, I guess I blew that again. What am I going to, what am I going to do? And, um, again, it's, it's, you know, the love is there regardless of, of whether we are perfect or not, uh, whether we're worthy of it or not. And uh, that's a great thing. Jesus tells that story in End of Darkness. Uh, and I still remember working on the reaction that the crowd had <laughs> to that in our, in our audio version of it the gasping and the, you know, they don't know how to take it when he runs, when, when he says the father runs to him, you know, but in that scene, we actually had him tell the story in the context where he's having dinner with Matthew, the tax collector, and the Pharisees are beating down the door because he's not supposed to be doing it. So in that story, Aaron, you know, in our, in our version, you know, in that scenario, there was people who were related to the older brother and the younger brother, you know, the two, the two sons in the room, you know, while he's telling the story, both, both people were there. So that is true. Different people should relate to the different characters, you know, if we're telling the story, right. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, you know, just to wrap it up, I mean, I'm not going to suggest that you could come to a deeper understanding of life through comic books, but I'm not going to not say that. And this would not I'll be a bad it. place I'll to start. It. I'll say it. All right. I'm on board with that, Daniel. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, if if the worst thing that happens is somebody reads one of our books and is like, man, this the this story of these lions in space and stuff, I just want to go check out, you know, what is what is the historical account of this in First Samuel? Hey, that's cool, man. Go go check it out. And for some people, it might be the first time uh, it might be the first time they've opened a Bible. Uh, so Hey, that, that's for, not a bad. For, uh, for a other bad. people, they might try and go back and read First Samuel, and they can't not see spaceships flying around. So, you know, <laughs> I yeah, and and for some people who are like really religious, like the the Pharisee type people, they're going to be really mad about the, this stuff. What are they doing? <laughs> they're mad you know, about everything. Don't worry about it. You know, but yeah, <laughs> but we're like, all right, we made. We, if we're making those people mad, you know, we're doing a good job. <laughs> well, guys, I had to restrain myself from talking about all the historical background that would have been really cool to throw in here. So maybe we can get together some other time and work that into the conversation. That'd be, awesome. That'd be awesome, guys. Thank you so much for being here. I really had a good time and I am going to strongly encourage people to go check out these comics. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. I would like to thank Mark and Daniel for being my guests today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community building part of the show today, I want to swing back to the spiritual aspect of this show and ask that if you, in whatever belief system you have or lack of belief system you have, regardless of what that might be, if that has brought you towards science fiction or made a difference in your life in some way, reach out to me and give me your story at bossigpodcast.yahoo.com. Don't forget you could subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, and we are syndicated on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.